Welcome to our podcast, Regulation Matters, a clear conversation. Once again, I'm your host, Lyne Dempsey. I am the Chief Compliance Officer with Rick and Benny Associates Family Dentistry here in North Carolina, and I serve on the CLEAR Board of Directors as well as uh, I'm the current chair of the National Certified Investigator Training Committee through CLEAR. For those of you who may not be familiar with CLEAR, um, that's the Council on Licensure, Enforcement, and Regulation, this is an association of individuals, agencies, and organizations that comprise the international community of professional and occupational regulation. This is our podcast, and it's an opportunity for you to hear about the latest and greatest in your community. Today, I'm joined by two individuals. Uh, the first is David Cox. He's the Chief Executive Officer of the National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying, as well as Skip Brazil, Vice President of State Regulation and Legislation with American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. We're glad to have you both with us today. Glad to be here. We're glad to be here. Well, again, thank you for joining me, and thank you, our listeners, for joining us. Today, we're excited to talk about a recently established organization, and that's the Alliance for Responsible Professional Licensing. So I guess let me start um, by maybe directing this to Skip. Um, you know, what is um, the ARPL, or the Alliance for Responsible Professional Licensing? Right, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for the question. Um, the Alliance, or, or ARPL, as we, we call it by shorthand, is really a, um, a platform by which um, organizations that represent both highly technical professions as well as the organizations that represents the boards that regulate those professions have come together to um, address and hopefully educate policymakers and the public on some of what we believe are some concerns as it relates to uh, some of the occupational licensing reform efforts that we've seen that we think are, in, in, in some instances, too broadly applied to the profession that, that we represent. Um, so we're, we're talking about, uh, as in my particular case, CPAs, engineers, uh, architects, um, landscape architects, and surveyors. So those, those are the professions that are represented in the alliance. Okay, and and I think I could probably guess, but you know, ultimately, what do they all have in common? Yeah. So you know, from a licensing standpoint, we all <clears throat> adhere to some sort of what you call the three E's, or maybe even the four E's. Uh, we we each um, uh, provide um, educate the each educational requirements that are very strenuous, uh, rigorous exams. Um, you know, you have to have um, experience as well as, you know, ethics training. Um, so those, those are sort of how we are aligned, at least as it relates to how our professionals are licensed. But we also have some common principles that we believe in. Um, perhaps foremost is we believe in the, the idea of mobility, the, the, the ability of our professionals to move across state lines and trying to remove unnecessary, unnecessary barriers um, to allow for that. Uh, so, and we're, we're also, you know, again, aligned by the fact that the professions that we, we represent or the boards that regulate these professions perform a duty to pr protect the public um, in large measure because of the, the jobs that the professionals provide to the public are such um, high risk that it requires that the training and the oversight uh, for these professionals be uh, rigorous. 
So that that's what sort of holds us all together, um, which makes us an, an alliance, if you will. And um, you know, we're we're anxious to to share our perspectives and share our stories with the public as well as with policymakers as they think about um, some of these more um, non-traditional ideas as it relates to how they're going to regulate um, in this space or in other occupational spaces. Well, that, that's interesting. I guess so. So, how does uh, and it's ARPL, right? Um, yes. How 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 does ARPL, um, you know, define professional licensing? And I guess from that perspective, you know, uh, does professional licensing matter in 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 their eyes? Uh, yeah, I think professional licensing certainly matters. I mean, I, I'll go back to some of the the three to four E's I sort of listed out. That's you know particularly one way that we are talking about professional licensing um, is you know how you know professionals are, are licensed again with the education, the exam, the experience, and the ethics. Um, but you know when we're what we're talking about you know to be to put a finer point on it is really. The professions, because there's there's lots of professions out there. I mean, I I don't want to get into a discussion, you know, too deeply about you know who are professionals and who aren't. But what we're really talking about are, are jobs that are performed, for example, you know, engineer, you know, building a bridge, you know, or, or CPAs performing audit services, um, making sure that the financial system is is um, safe and secure for people to put their money into, um, landscape architects ensuring that you know some of the physical places and spaces where we're meeting, we're eating, we're we're playing are safe for our families to do all those activities. You know things that are at such um, high risk that if we were to allow, as some um, you know proposals that we've seen uh, would allow anybody to perform these uh, these jobs without uh, appropriate oversight. That the risk is just too great. So that's what we're talking about. Those are the professions that we're representing um, and the professionals that we're representing. Uh, and that's sort of how we sort of staked our claim as it relates to this particular conversation. Excellent. Well, let me uh, let me move over to David. Um, so obviously what you guys discussed earlier, you know, includes obviously different licensing boards. Um, I guess ultimately, what are they again, and I guess how do they actually protect the public? Well, like Skip was saying, our members represent uh, CPAs, engineers, surveyors, architects, landscape architects. Uh, I think I got them all. Um, but basically, we're, what what binds us together is that we are all professionals where licensure is required because we're charged with protecting the health, safety and integrity of systems that the public relies on. And the license establishes a uh, sort of a standard of minimal competency that, that's critical to each of these professions because it does impact public safety. Uh, examples are the design of buildings or the construction of public or private spaces or the, like Skip was talking earlier, the integrity of financial systems. And uh, professional licensing is rigorous for a reason, and that reason is public protection. Right, and and you know, so often we we get that um, from you know all the different uh, licensing agencies. I mean, that's their number one mandate is to protect the public. Usually, um, I guess looking at it from the other side of things, um, how does uh, licensing help actually the professionals? 
Well, what that really does, it creates a, a defined pathway. If someone wants to be a professional engineer or a CPA or an architect, they know exactly what they have to do, what education is required, what exams they have to take, what experience they have to gain. It basically levels the playing field, and it's, it really creates a clear, evenly applied level of qualification. And that's important in helping newcomers enter the profession. You know, one of the arguments that some of these bills bring up is that it limits competition when, in fact, we think it, it does just the, just the opposite because it allows people to know exactly what they have to do to uh, enter the profession. So um, I know one of the things that, you know, in, in North Carolina, we've certainly discussed um, at great length, but, you know, especially for practitioners or licensees from other states uh, being able to move in. But I guess looking at it within your professions, you know, the issue of mobility is, is you know, I guess where are you and, and where are you, what are you guys doing to help improve that? Well, mobility is always a key concern for every profession. Uh, and again, what I was talking about, when you have the uh, the clear qualifications, that helps uh, helps states rely upon other states to allow people to move in, uh, knowing that they're going to protect the public's health, safety, and welfare. And one of the, an example we have at NCS for engineers uh, and for surveyors also, but I'll talk about engineers right now, is that uh, we have model laws and model rules that states can use to help draft their own laws to uh, create some uniformity. Uh, we also have a record system where individual credentials are verified and stored in one location so they can use them in multiple states. Uh, part of that is also a model law and MLE designation. And in most states, if you have that and apply in those states, they can. many states can license you in one or two business days, and most of them that accept those can license you in less than a week. So we think we're doing things already that uh, that go a long ways towards improving mobility. Yeah, Lyon, if, if I could, I, I think that's an important um, aspect that, that David is bringing to the conversation is really what we're trying to do is not just um, raise a flag when we see something that we think is wrong and, and object to it. We really want to be a part of this conversation because we feel like we have solutions to add to the conversation. And I'll speak specifically to the CPA profession. We've been working on this idea of mobility um, for close to two decades. And our our scheme allows uh, our professionals to move across state lines uh, very seamlessly. And it's all based on the fact that, you know, a, a CPA is licensed in the same way in one state as he or she may be licensed in another state. And that provides a level of assurity, of, of uniformity and comfort to regulators in these various states so that when um, CPAs that may be licensed from a different state come into their home state, they don't have to worry about, you know, uh, those CPAs being competent. And, and these are the kind of examples we like to bring to, to these conversations that you don't have to um, design an answer in one way. There are many different ways to attack these um, concerns. And we just want to be a part of that conversation as policymakers make these very important decisions. And one other point through some of these bills and yeah, how, we, how we do things is that is the whole concept that one size does not fit all. Like Skip was saying, there's more than you know one way to do this. But when you try to make every profession fit or occupation fit into the same box, that, that can create problems. In fact, 
some of the requirements of these bills that say they're designed to improve mobility and and, and require and allow people to get their licenses faster what they in fact do is add levels of bureaucracy that make it longer to get their license well skip let me go back to you then and uh, i'd like to know kind of how how much it's how pervasive it is for you guys but you know is there a call to to eliminate professional licensing and affecting the organization that you're dealing with yeah um you know there's i guess it's 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 a layered it's a layered answer to that question there there are lots of different types of occupational licensing reform bills out there some are better some are worse but there there is a particular uh, model piece of legislation that has we have seen in a couple of different states that would allow anyone to perform any service, regardless of whether or not that service requires a license or not, to perform that service so long as the consumer uh, receiving those services gives their consent. That we, we just, and this bill is, is widely applied to different types of occupations and professions, and, and we just think this is just a step way too far. Um, we are we're very concerned um, and get very concerned whenever we see this language pop up and, and we have to address it um, forthrightly. We, we just don't believe that is the appropriate way to regulate or oversee um, the professions that uh, have such an important role uh, in society as it relates to the health, safety, and welfare of our citizens. So. Um, we, we, you need more than just a Yelp review, quite frankly, to make sure that a, a bridge is built or designed properly. Um, it, it's just that's unfortunately that's just how it works. So um, there are other bills out there that are you know may not be may, may not rise at that particular level, but we are concerned when we see suggestions that we think would um, alleviate or remove resources. From boards, um, you know, boards have a tremendous job. They're, they're overseeing thousands of, of, uh, of licensees, and, and a lot of folks that that work on these boards are volunteering their time um, because they want to give back to the professions that have given so much to them, to them. And we don't think it's appropriate to take resources away from them. So, so I want another thing to point out. Oh yeah, good. thing I would like to point. Yeah just real quickly about the state licensing boards is to point out that these members in most states uh, are appointed by governors and they're a combination of licensees and members of the general public. That most boards aren't made up just entirely of the licensees, but you have that public member perspective uh, from those folks also. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, uh, Skip, I think you mentioned um, Yelp reviews. Uh, so uh, is it, isn't it more likely that people are going to go to Yelp versus looking at an actual licensing board website to see if someone's been disciplined? I mean, is there, uh, is there some, some stance towards leaving the, uh, this all up to the free market to decide? Well, um... While I certainly don't want to uh, suggest that Yelp isn't a very popular uh, tool for uh, someone if they want to find out, you know, where to have dinner on a Friday night or 
maybe where to go catch a, a you know a good show. I, I don't think that's the appropriate place for someone who's concerned about whether or not um, they want their school or, or government um, uh, institutions to be um, independently reviewed, or whether or not when they walk inside of a building, um, whether or not that building is going to collapse. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think Yelp is going to be very instructive or helpful in that regard. And as for and and we've got some support for this. Uh, we're we're looking forward over the next couple of weeks to release um, some polling information because we've done some some polling on on the exact question you just asked on, you know, what are people's how do people feel about um, the professions that we represent and how they're how they're regulated. And you know the the information that we're getting back from the polling suggests that people are expecting that you know the jobs that you know again can carry a great amount of public risk should be also accompanied with a great amount of public scrutiny. And uh, so we're looking forward very much forward over the next couple of weeks to share that information with the public. So I, I don't think you know you know the market is is obviously the market is obviously a great tool. Um, that that will answer a lot of different questions for a lot of different reasons, but uh, these these are these are issues again that we that are just too important to leave simply to market forces. There there needs to be um, you know, government oversight, and we we believe we have um, some information or some polling information that suggests that the public um, expects that as well. One other quick point I'd like to make on that, too, is the importance back to the licensing board is their enforcement ability, their, their ability to take a license away from a bad actor. Under the mark, free market approach, basically all the consumer is left to do is, is go to court and would have to go to court individually each time somebody did something, an engineer, a surveyor, a CPA, whereas the state licensing board has the ability to take away that person's ability to keep offering those services that's more more proactive than reactive and and if everyone has to go to court in the future for this you can imagine what that would do to the court systems and you already have groups that that are trying to reduce the number of cases that go to court anyway and this would actually increase that and then they would be working you know almost in polar opposite directions Excellent. So, um, I guess, are there, you know, stop talking, and I'll stay with you, David, uh, speaking yeah. of, of licensing, um, are there some requirements that maybe are too excessive? Um, yeah, there are legitimate concerns that you can find about specific occupations in one specific state, uh, and especially in some of the vocational op occupations. But like I said before, Addressing those concerns with with a broad brush call to weaken all licensing is not just is not the right approach. Uh, you know, one size does not fit all. If 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 someone in the state of North Carolina, for example, has an issue with with a hairdresser, then address that specific uh, situation. Don't try to paint every profession and occupation with the same brush. Skip, anything to add on that? No, I, I think David has, has hit, hit the mark. Um, you know, our, our, our concern, again, what we're really trying to accomplish through this alliance um, and sharing our stories and, and sharing information 
um, is, is really to get people to be thoughtful about these very important decisions. Uh, we're not suggesting that reform is, is in and of itself a bad idea uh, or not necessary. We're simply asking people to be thoughtful um, as they go through this, the exercise of whether or not um, to get rid of or to amend a particular statute or regulation. And so we, we get concerned when we see sort of model legislation that's tossed out there that applies broadly to everybody, um, because we don't think that's, you know, the most appropriate way to, to deal with these very important questions. Sure. So I guess, how can licensing be improved? I mean, can you point to some examples where maybe in your professions where they have improved their own licensing systems? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, Dave and I could, I, I'm sorry, Dave, I'll, if I could just start with one sure. example. Um, I talked about the mobility um, scheme that CPAs have, and we've built um, other model um, proposals to bring uniformity to help sort of um, uh, support that mobility scheme. And one idea is, you know, it's very important that uh, a professional remains competent throughout the duration of their careers. And so a lot of that has to do with doing um, uh, uh, CPEs. And so what we've, what we've done or what we're in, in the course of doing, uh, we're probably about halfway, uh, we've got about halfway to go um, in terms of getting all 50 states and territories to do this, but we're creating a reciprocity system where if you are licensed in one state and you get your um, CPE performed in, in, in one state, if you happen to be licensed in another state, um, you can carry that CPE um, credit over to that state and that and it'll be satisfied. So you don't have to duplicate the, C, the effort of performing uh, two different types of CPEs. Um, so that's one way uh, that, that we are, are trying to modernize uh, our profession to help you know, eliminate duplicity where, where we think it's, it's not helpful to the public, but maintain those areas where we think it's very important um, to maintain so that, again, the public is well protected. Um, sorry for the interruption, David. I just wanted to put in that. Oh, no, no problem. That's a good one. In fact, we have a system, uh, a free system available to all engineers and surveyors on our website where they can track their CPE uh, for every state. They can just enter what states they're, where they're licensed and, uh, and, uh, and use it to record everything, transmit it for if they're ever audited in a particular state. Um, we've really worked a lot on duplication of efforts, and that's where before I was talking about the NCS record, where a person's credentials are all located in one spot. Instead of filling out application after application across the country, you can have the NCS record transmitted to that state, and they can use that. We're always working on ways to make things better and reduce the time it takes to pe for people to get their license, uh, and the duplication of efforts is a big part of that. And I think I did mention this earlier that some of the proposals and some of these bills actually add levels of bureaucracy that would actually slow down a lot of our member boards in how they approve uh, applicants right now. They could do it faster now than they could under some of the proposals that are out there. So that's an interesting point you brought up. I guess, um, and, and I'll, I'll throw this kind of final question out to both of you, um, you know, Looking specifically, I guess, at, at ARPL, um, what types of these types of bills or perhaps even states are you guys closely monitoring here in 2020? 
Well, we'll start with Skip. Yeah, I'll go back to, you know, every state to us is important. You know, we don't want to see bad legislation anywhere. Um, I, I would say, but there's, again, there's so many bills out there, we sort of have to pick and choose what, where we fight our battles. Uh, I'll go back to any any proposal that we think goes directly at the license uh, is definitely going to get our attention. Uh, any proposal that goes directly at um, you know, uh, cutting resources away from from boards is definitely going to get our attention. So um, these kind of these kind of proposals can pop up in any particular state. So that's why it's really important um, that uh, that's why it was really important for for us to come together because one we felt that one organization alone couldn't possibly track all the proposals that were um, that we were seeing um, over the last four or five years. And that's what makes our, I think, we, we think makes our alliance so special, the ability for us to speak with one voice but have uh, a, a myriad of perspectives, both from the profession side and from the regulator side. Um, again, uh, sharing common principles, sharing common um, uh, uh, standards on how, in terms of how our professions are licensed and how they're overseen. Um, you know, these are things that we want to bring to this conversation because we think they're very important. Excellent. David? I would just, yeah, I would just echo what Skip said. I mean, the two main concerns are when they when the bills directly attack the license or create a situation where you no longer have to have a license or uh, attacking the resources of boards, which is sort of an indirect way of, of getting there. You just make the board to where it can't function in its ability to protect the public. But in the end, that's what it's all about. It's about our duty to protect the public and where we see that threatened, that is where ARPA will become involved. Excellent. Well, I think this has been a great discussion. I, I want to thank both of you, David and Skip, for your time and, and being a part of this uh, podcast today. Well, thanks for having thank us. Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It, it's always uh, wonderful to have the opportunity to talk about these issues and learn about what's happening in the field of, of occupational and professional licensing. So, again, I thank you for, for speaking with us. And I also want to thank our listeners for, for joining us today as well. We'll be back with another episode of Regulation Matters, a clear conversation very soon. Thank you to our frequent listeners uh, again, but for if you're new, uh, you can find this on, on several different avenues. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or TuneIn. So if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a ratings or a comment in the app. Uh, those reviews help us improve our ranking and make it easier for new listeners to find us. Feel free to visit us on our website at www.clearhq.org for additional resources, as well as a calendar of upcoming training programs and events. Finally, I'd like to thank our CLEAR staff, specifically Stephanie Thompson. She's our content coordinator and editor for this program. Once again, I'm Lyne Dempsey, and I hope to be speaking to you again very soon.